CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Startup Women podcast. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Azade Dasmalchi on our show today. Azade is the CEO of Vital Tracer, a medical startup that designs smart, wearable medical devices. She's a PhD candidate at Ottawa University, obtained a Master of Science from the same university in mechanical engineering, and in the last 12 years, her main field of research has been designing and developing medical devices, particularly vital sign monitoring ones. She is a Canadian G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance member and an experienced research assistant in the higher education industry. She's a skilled leader, entrepreneur, business planner, and a successful project manager. Azade has raised over a million dollars in non-dilutive grants since January 2020. Vital Tracer has been awarded several regional and national awards under her leadership, including MyTax's National Entrepreneur Award, a Canny for Regional Product Innovation, a Startup Canada Award, and an AgeWell Emerging Entrepreneur Award for COVID-19 countermeasures. Welcome to the show, Izade. Thank you for having me, Kyla. Absolutely. I'm so excited about today's conversation. Um, it has been such a pleasure learning about your journey as an entrepreneur through our Startup Women programs, um, through the Canny Awards, and uh, I'm excited about diving even deeper in today's conversation. Thank you. Me too. So before we get started, what is really the most important thing, the most important takeaway you want our audience to take away from our chat today, Azadeh? Um, I think the most important things that the lesson that I learned is take care of your mental health and your physical health, because if you are not mentally well, you cannot do anything, including the entrepreneurship journey, but even your daily work as well. Could not agree with you more, especially during times like this, um, really focusing on mental, physical health and putting yourself first is more important than ever. That's a great, great note to start on. 
So walk us through your entrepreneurial journey, Azade. Why did you launch Vital Tracer? And walk us through from the very start, right when you had this idea uh, and how you actually brought it to life over the last couple of years. Yeah, sure. So it, it started in 2010 when my dad diagnosed with the hypertension and his medical doctor asked him prescribed him a medication to take it and ask him to measure his blood pressure three times, write it down and bring it to him for the next appointment. But usually forgot his pills to take it and um, not com- not happy and not comfortable with using the cuff devices. So at the same time, I start my master at the University of Ottawa in biomedical engineering, and I, I needed a topic for my thesis. So I found that it's a very... Um, interesting topic to have a like a variable that can measure blood pressure frequently but without cough so it can go very like doesn't uh discomfortable so this is how i started amazing and what brought you to to today walk us through the journey of trying to scale this business um clearly you've been on a pretty incredible funding journey um what have the last couple of years looked like scaling vital tracer yeah, in, in 2014, a friend of mine who has his own startup uh, said that it has a huge market. Maybe you need to not only solve your thesis and your father problem, but a lot of parents <laughs> have the same problem and has a good money in it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be CTO because I have a zero knowledge of business. Mm-hmm. I was always like a, a bachelor in engineering, master in engineering, PhD in engineering. So I told him that I have a zero knowledge of the business but uh, but it, meanwhile he he was concentrating on his own startup so I had a no choice to start taking different courses and workshop and it start from University of Ottawa women in uh, entrepreneurship and engineering with Dr. Hanan Anis supervising that and then I continue move to Montreal because my husband started PhD at McGill so we moved to there, and it has amazing startup ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I love Montreal. It's very strong. And also Quebec government is super supportive. And uh, so I, I started to the D3 incubator. At the same time, X1 McGill accelerator. Then I graduated, went to Creative Destruction Lab accelerator, then Next AI accelerator. The reason that I went to the couple of accelerator, couple, they, they have a different networks, which is the most valuable things in entrepreneurship journey. And each of them concentrate on a one topic, like Next Canada uh, concentrated on a Next AI part of our technology. Concordia uh, concentrated on uh, our health and medical devices. McGill was concentrated on a business part more. So each has its own advantages. Mm. And when you were sort of looking at different programs and different supports, what did you look for first? As someone who didn't necessarily think of themselves as an entrepreneur, but clearly became one, um, how did you navigate the different areas that you may not have felt that you were an expert on? How did you choose where to begin? Um, so, um, to be honest with you, I, I applied for all of them. I, <laughs> yeah. So I only accept by, uh, X1, uh, and the reason that I accepted by X1 McGill accelerator, because three years continuously, I applied for the Dobson cup McGill mm-hmm. and I always been finalist, but rejected at the be awarded. 
So then they say that, you know what, maybe instead of going to the competition, maybe you need to come to our accelerator first to learn how to do a pitch and business. I was like, that's amazing. Are you going to accept me? <laughs> that's great. So oh, I love I that. I for everywhere. And uh, whoever accepts me, I go there and I start from zero. So the key there, persistence. <laughs> I love it. That that's a great lesson for, for any entrepreneur. That yeah, at first, if you are if you do not succeed, try again and try it again, and then maybe try it a third time. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's talk about funding as that because I think this is is something clearly uh, you know we hear often as being the biggest barrier for women entrepreneurs in particular. Um, but when you're looking at tech and health tech in particular, you know research, construction of prototypes all of the different parts that are built into a health tech startup um, have a really significant cost. And so far, you've raised over a million dollars in non-dilutive grants since January of 2020. What advice would you give other women entrepreneurs in particular looking to raise funds for their businesses, especially when there are these heavy upfront costs? Where do you start on the funding side? So I started with the easiest, which has the highest rate of uh, success, which is MyTax. So I too, um, um, so I build a relationship with the MyTax, go back and forth and start hiring two um, postdoctoral to the University of Ottawa with my supervisor and MyTax. My and I appreciate that they are the first one who believes in our idea. And then I applied for every government provincial and federal and I keep receiving rejection. So I asked them for feedback and I found the weakness of my like a proposal, not only writing, but in business plan, what they are expecting to see. So I improved it each year and applied and applied and applied until I got it. And when you look at the beginning and the applications that you were sending through versus the ones that were successful, um, were there any lessons that you learned um, garnered more funding? Or what were the sort of success factors or the shifts that you made to then be successful in your candidacy? Yes, it's about our IP path, IP strategy, which mm -hmm. means directly patent. So I believe that because our secret ingredient in our company is having the trade secret of our artificial intelligent algorithm, but they really don't believe in trade secret. They always want to be, make sure that no one's gonna use it, like kind of monopoly, I can say. Mm -hmm. So they, they want to be make sure that we are protected and no one else going to patent our secret ingredient in any ways. So patent is the, the most things that I did really didn't want to do it but i had no choice if i if i want to be successful i find it that i have to go and do the patent and I, I think that's such a helpful piece of advice because often, you know, we spend all of this time um, as women entrepreneurs, you know, applying for pitch competitions or applying for grants or, you know, spending all of this energy. And then with a the rejection, you often are left with, you know, one sentence in an email or, you know, just very, very basic feedback on why you were not successful. How can we build in more of these feedback mechanisms so you understand where you need to, you know, potentially develop more, where you need to be including more detail, consideration 
regulations like IP, like protection? Um, how do you answer those questions if you don't know what you don't know? So I think it's an interesting call to to government and to um, you know funders in general to try to build in those feedback ne- mechanisms or entrepreneurs being able to tell their stories, what actually made them successful when they started to, you know, get investors and get people excited about their product. What was the differentiation between then and now? Uh, so I really appreciate that note, Azabe. I think that'll be really helpful. My pleasure. And the other things that we did, that we built a one Excel sheet and write all the grants that we know and all other friends in the startup and accelerator and incubator told us with the deadline. So we put it yearly in our deadline. So if I reject uh, uh, grant X in this year, I will receive a notification next year automatically through my calendar. But uh, we also go with the green and red uh, if we are like awarded or not awarded. And if we won't are not awarded, we ask them for feedback. So we, we put the feedback to make better for the next year. This is how we did it. Fantastic. I think that that's a great starting point. Um, and there are lots of different platforms as well to utilize, like Fundica, Hockey Stick, you know, looking at different aggregators that might be able to take some of that research out of, of the labor-intensive part of at least curating some of those components. Um, but that's a great place to start. Just, you know, make an inventory, make a list, and check in with yourself every year um, to see, you know, how as your business grows, your funding potential can also grow. Exactly. So let's let's look at um, you know other resources that have really positively supported your business. Have you had great mentors or other supports? Um, you know you've mentioned some really great references so far that I think are, will will be really helpful for our audience. So looking at accelerators, at incubators, at groups like MyTax. So for listeners who are less familiar with MyTax, um, they really fund cutting edge research, create job opportunities. They're a longstanding partner of Startup Canada, but they're a great resource if you're looking um, both for funding and and general support. What other mentorship moments have you had, Azade, in your career that you found the most helpful in terms of resources? Um, the best things that we did that we, we entered to the District Tree uh, Incubator because Accelerate program is something short and cohort. You go through it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then you graduate it. But you need some place like a home, go back to your home place whenever you feel unsafe or depressed or you need any help. Um, so we have a, the best mentor ever. Her name is Edna Chusak from D3. And she has the, the beauty of it that she has the he, her own uh, startup in uh, healthcare before one with the failure and one with the success. So she went through the both cases. Even uh, she, uh, during uh, her journey, she had the like economic crisis as well. So she told mm-hmm. us at the very beginning of pandemic, what should we do and what we shouldn't do. And it was really uh, vital and saving our company. That's so helpful to have that perspective in one person, the failures and the success, um, because then they're they're able to really assess what brought them to one direction and one to the other. Um, that that's such a great mentor to have, uh, you know, supporting you every step of the way. So, in addition to the mentorship side, and you know, having really trusted advisors who can, you know, let you know, you know, pitfalls to avoid, opportunities that might be presented in front of you. Um, what general barriers have you seen within the health industry, in particular, that are you know blocking innovation, particularly for women? Um, what has your journey looked like as a woman in this sort of male-dominated space? 
So uh, I, I believe that women in a deep tech, in a healthcare, are the one of the worst, worst case scenario. And if you are a minority group mm-hmm. and visible minority like me having hijab is the the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But but uh, so we went through the fundraising a couple of times, even doing the the accelerator different accelerator that we went. Male and female mentors, VCs and angels, they don't believe in us because we are female and we are in the engineering side and doing a deep tech. It's it's very hard to believe. So at the same time, in a healthcare industry, if you are doing medical device, it has a huge time consuming and super expensive in, te- in terms of regulatory and manufacturing. So it's very hard for now to raise money as a, as a dilutive with the, means uh, with the equity round. Mm-hmm. And at the same time running the business, it's a pandemic, lots of time we get locked down. So our little ones uh, staying home and wants to be with mommy. So managing all these are also a bit challenge, but the things that, but uh, it doesn't really make me sad if people don't believe in me because I do believe in myself and what I'm doing it, and uh, say I usually say that they're lost. To be honest. Yeah, saying it <laughs> absolutely, yeah. they're lost one hundred percent. And has that confidence always been with you? Did you feel the same way when you started, or is that something that you really had to develop over time? It, uh, I developed uh, over time because I cried lots of time from my master that lots of people say that this idea is a bullshit. Sorry to say that. I cried. I cried because those people are very big people that kind of my heroes in my life. And I believe that, okay, there is no heroes anymore because no one is perfect. And I have to be my own role model. So that's that's what I learned, but it was really hard to learn, but that's the life. And I think that's that's a really big challenge, not just for women entrepreneurs, but all entrepreneurs, managing the no's and the this business idea is a bad business idea and getting that feedback sometimes, using that to help you fuel into the future, but also not, um, you know, continuing down a path that may genuinely not be successful. How do you balance critical feedback and those suggestions that, you know, your business might not be viable, but also the courage of your conviction? How do you know what is the right direction to take your business in when you're hearing so many different pieces of feedback? Um, so, um, I usually, um, write them down in a one specific, um, notebook that I had and I evaluate them a couple of times. So if, um, because I have a really good tech, um, information, if someone's blaming a technology, so I, I know the theoretical and practical that I'm very sure. So I'm, I can come very with the convince con confidence that this is the this is going to be getting the result mm-hmm. but in terms of the business i heard lots of people lots of people say that okay apple what's gonna do that and uh, crash your company mm-hmm. i still try to convince them we are very different than apple watch we are a medical device our target market are different lots of other things are different we have our own patent and so on so it's like, okay, if I cannot convince them, that's okay. I will go and talk with the people who are interested in this topic and do believe in this idea. Mm. 
Und I stop fighting with the people to to convince them. So I explain always with respectfully version. <laughs> But if they don't believe it, that's okay. That's their belief. It's my belief. We always have a different perspective. Mm, absolutely. And and that I think, you know, the more rooted you become um, in in your product, in your expertise, etc., you see this confidence build over time. But it can be very challenging. You know, some of the the biggest ideas, you know, like Uber or you know all these these crazy radical innovations, at first they received so many no's. What would happen if those those entrepreneurs, um, you know, with these crazy ideas never actually brought them to life? It's it's such an interesting dialogue when all also trying to really promote that critical feedback and, you know, customer validation and really making sure that this product is needed externally. So it's, it's a tricky journey, isn't it? <laughs> yes. But also having a very trustable uh, mentorship also. Mm. Really so we go to her and say that, what's your suggestion? What is your recommendation? And then uh, she, she always not saying do this and that. She may give us a suggestion, our direction, and then we go back, think about it and come with the, with our opinion or decision. Fantastic. And that, that is so important to have those trusted advisors to, to really be that sounding board um, and to be able to create a safe space to get that feedback where it's it's not uh, too critical and, and impacting sort of your confidence. That, that's great. So let's um, let's chat a little bit, you know, as your role as an immigrant to Canada, do you have any different advice or any additional advice for women entrepreneurs that are potentially entering the Canadian entrepreneurial market from different countries, bringing different cultural perspective? Um, what has that journey been like as an immigrant to Canada? So um, I, I, I born in Iran, I grew up in Dubai. So I was since I was seven. So I was always immigrant in, uh, in all the countries. But but uh, and then Dubai also was very international. So it wasn't really different from Dubai moving from Dubai to Canada. But but the ecosystem and entrepreneurship is totally different. Like I never, I was always a student there. Mm. So, but, uh, but the things that I believe that Canada is one of the best, I haven't seen other places too much, but through the G20 that we had a conversation with Indian, with uh, Middle East, with other countries, we find that the Canada, especially during pandemic was super supportive. Mm. For this startup ecosystem they have also very good fund uh, i don't know programs and support for the female um i i really appreciate it and um, try to find them and use them as much as possible Absolutely. I, I find that as well, talking to, you know, our international counterparts. Um, and, uh, and we sit on a committee called Allied for Startups that really convenes all of these different startup support organizations. And particularly with COVID, um, Canada was really leading in, you know, even having conversations around supporting the startup ecosystem. How do we support small businesses in particular? All of the different supports were, were pretty, um, you know, competitive compared to, to other countries. So there's a lot to be proud of proud of, uh, certainly within the Canadian ecosystem, but also a lot of work to still be done. <laughs> and so looking at the future, Azade, you've been testing new partnerships with healthcare professionals. You're looking into, you know, new detection and monitoring for COVID-19 potentially. What's, what's next for you in the business? Uh, so we are running a couple of clinical trials in a hospital for children, in a hospital for adults and in senior homes for tracking seniors. We will see the result and get the, the best decision to go in which direction. But uh, 
we, we always have a hope. We always mm-hmm. have a hope. And we believe that this technology is going to save lots of life, not maybe, you know, the, in, in different ways, like if there is a, another pandemic come up, I hope not, or even fourth wave and fifth wave, this technology can can save lots of life and predict, uh, even not save life, but also saving money from the government and um, l- lots of uh, healthcare. I can definitely get behind that, Azadeh. That sounds good to me. <laughs> so any final takeaways from, from our conversation? We have lots of practical resources, great advice on the incubator accelerator and my tax side, so really leveraging all the support from the Canadian ecosystem. Um, other other takeaways, other pieces of advice you want to leave our audience with? Um, so uh, uh, lots of people ask me what's my secret ingredient mm. to, to being uh, successful. First, I don't call myself success. <laughs> I feel <laughs> gratitude on myself, of course. But uh, but I believe that if you have seen Comfo uh, Panda version one, they say that there is no secret ingredient. So you just need to work hard, work smart, and um, and and have a build a perfect team. That's amazing. I love that you just referenced Kung Fu Panda. That is a, a Startup Women podcast first, <laughs> but there is no secret ingredient. I think that is such a great piece of advice because often, you know, we see these incredible entrepreneurs and these quote success stories, uh, and we think that they all have something. You know, there's one component, and, you know, whether that's, you know, resilience or tenacity or some type of grit, um, there is no one thing that really runs in the veins of every entrepreneur. Everyone is completely different and has strength. Um, but it's sort of how you bring that vision to life in different ways that makes the ecosystem so varied and beautiful as well. You know, we need that diversity of perspective. Exactly. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Startup Women podcast, Azade. Um, It has been such a pleasure watching your journey um, through Startup Canada, through the Innovators and Entrepreneurs Foundation as a canny winner, um, and we can't wait to see what's next for you and Vital Tracer. Thank you for your support, motivation, and energy always. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.